The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to this Monday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And we're grateful for you uh, taking time out of your day to join us on our podcast. And we thank you for taking time out of your day to be in the Word of God. We truly believe these are things that will be helpful to you every part of your life. And we hope it is an encouragement today and a help as we examine God's Word today. So if you're following along with us, we're in Psalm chapter 105. Psalm chapter 105, and we started this Friday. And we're going to pick up where we left off. And we're talking about the aspect that David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back uh, to Israel, back to where it belonged. And so he's, in this chapter, he's praising God um, for this victory, for this blessing of bringing it back. And, and in this, what we're going to talk about today is he just got done talking about why we should praise God and what that means and all that's included in it. And then he talks a little bit. So what he does in this worship that he does to Jesus is he goes back and he kind of walks through the history of Israel and all of the faithfulness that God has offered to the, his, chosen, his chosen nation, Israel. And so we're going to look as he kind of goes back in the past, goes back in the history, uh, the beginning of Israel a little bit. So let's go back. Um, I'm trying to think. It's actually verse number six we're starting at. Verse six of Psalm 105. He says, O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and with his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. When there, were but, but, when there were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another, and he suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed, and do my prophets no harm. So what we're going to look at in these few verses is David goes back so he wasn't there these times, but he's going back to the reminder of what he was told about the heritage, the heritage of his people, of the people that he is now the king of. So he goes way back to the beginning of it. So the first thing he goes back before the nation was even there was the promise that God gave. So he starts with the promise of Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant to the children of Israel. He said, not only will I bless you, he says, anybody that blesses you, I will bless them. It's the key reason why we, as Americans, believe we should stand behind Israel. You stand behind Israel, you enjoy God's blessing, and that's one of the reasons we hold to it. But this is something he promised. He goes, I will make of thee a great nation. Uh, and he, he talked about this. So there's this promise to Abraham. So he says in verse 6, oh, actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't verse 6. Verse 8, he has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he committed to a thousand generations. So before he talks about Abraham, he said he made this commitment to the younger generation, but it goes for thousands. It's a commitment that wasn't just given to three people. He's going to hold on to it. He's going to make sure that, hey, I, will, I promise you this will come at some point. So he starts with saying he made the covenant to Abraham in verse 9. And then he says he made an oath unto Isaac. So Abraham passes off the scene. Interestingly enough, Abraham was promised that he was going to be the father of this great nation, innumerable nation. And yet he ended up having two children, technically, but one from God, one from his, his wife. And so he has Isaac. He has Isaac and Ishmael ultimately, but the promised one was Isaac. And so he's thinking, I'm going to be the father of this great nation, but ultimately he becomes the father of two, but really from God's promise, one child. 
And you think, that's crazy. Well, it becomes Isaac. And so Isaac ultimately becomes the father of two children, Jacob and Esau. So we ultimately know that it's through Jacob that God brings the children of Israel, this land of Israel. So you've got these two people who've been promised this great nation, and they never see the fulfillment of it, ultimately. Can I encourage you that sometimes when God gives us a promise, we may not always see what we want from it, and it may not end up the way we want it to, but we must trust. He's got a plan. He's got a plan that will honor him, and that he's got a plan that's already working its way that way. We just got to trust him and accept, I have to do my part in his plan. So he starts with Abraham, then he goes to Isaac, and he reminds Isaac of this promise that he was given and he's going to use Isaac through. Then in verse 10, he says, and confirm the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Now we see Jacob, it's interesting. Um, he comes in Jacob ultimately. The word name Jacob means supplanter, deceiver. If you remember at some point, there's a night where Jacob, right before he's about to meet Esau, Jacob wrestles with God at night. And he says at the end, I will not let thee go unless, thou, unless you bless me. And so uh, what I believe to be Jesus there, he throws his hip out of joint and then renames him. So the hip out of joint was a reminder of this event. But his name changed, changed everything. He goes from Jacob, supplanter, to his new name is Israel, blessed one. So you see this change, and immediately kind of his destination was changed. Destiny was changed by his name being changed, the name that ultimately becomes the name that his, his ancestor, or his, his, not his ancestors, the rest of his family takes, the 12 sons plus, and all these people take, why they often call them the children of Israel, children of Jacob, children of Israel. So we, he gives another promise to Jacob. Now the promise is seen in verse 11. He's saying, unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, then he goes back and says, when they were very few, because even when it was just Jacob, just his family, just a small group, and even as a girl, very small group of people, he still was with them. Before they were this mighty nation that everybody feared or wanted to, to control in that part of the world. Even today, you think about it, Israel is not, the, not a great nation. It's not, it's not Israel itself the size of some of the states here in our country. But yet it's, there's something, I think it's always intriguing me that a relatively small country is something the entire world talks about. We talk about it. But huge nations in the Middle East want to get rid of it. Because it's God's chosen people, don't think that that has nothing to do with it. They, uh, God's, God's had his hand upon that, and Satan's tried to use all kinds of people to get rid of them. It's just the way it is. And so they're all fighting for the land that they sit on. And so he goes, he's made that promise to them, ultimate promise to Israel, still coming down the road. But, you know, they're before they were huge and before they were one that everybody was talking about, they were this tiny just group of people, and yet God had still made a promise to them. So... When you look at these things, he goes, he goes and, and David, the author, goes back and talks about this. He says, before we are what we are now, at that time, think about it, David said, we're coming, we're conquerors. We're a great nation. We're conquering our enemies. And so David looks back to the humble beginnings, if you can talk about that, through Abraham, through, through Isaac, and through Jacob, who Jacob, frankly, was nothing but a deceiver until he finally decided, I'm going to follow God, and then God blessed him. And, uh, you know, there's all this conflict with his 12 sons and Joseph, and we'll talk about that next time. But God had used the almost unlikely of people to be in a great position. Can, and I tell you, when I look at this through Scripture, a lot of times we look at Scripture and we say, I want to be like this person, I want to be like that person. Like somehow God blessed them because they were special. God blessed them because they were usable. That's it. God blessed and used sometimes the most unlikely of people because they were willing to be used by God, even with their failures. 
We don't have to become like people in the Bible. We don't have to become like so-and-so or so-and-so. What we need to do is be like them in the aspect of when I fail, I still come to God. I take responsibility. I ask forgiveness and I move forward. I don't get angry. I don't think it's my blame other people. I take responsibility and I, I move forward. That, that's what we do. That's what they did. And, and even in their failures, like David, he was a man of God's own heart because he took responsibility for his actions. The difference of Saul, who blamed everyone else. And that's why Saul was removed and David was allowed to move on because he acknowledged that. Even though David probably did more than Saul would have when you really think about the amount of things that he was known for doing. What you see, though, is we're not trying to be like these people. We're trying to mimic their willingness for God to use them even through their failures. And that's, and we hold on to the promises of God in that. That God will use the most like unlikely people, which means he could use you. He could use you to influence lives of people around you you'd never know. He can use you to be part of someone's life that comes to Jesus, gets saved, and their life is changed by God for good through you. You can be that person. You say, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not. We don't have to be any of that. We just have to be available for God to use us in the opportunities that he makes available to us. May that be something we want to do. May that be something we say we're going to do. May we strive to do everything we can to be them, be that, be available to God and trust in his promises. Before Israel was great, there was a time where they were small and God blessed them because of his faithfulness. We hold into God's faithfulness. And through God's faithfulness, we say, God, I, I can't do much, but I can give you what I can. When I give it to you, then I trust you to do everything else in it. And maybe use me in a great way. I don't know how God will use me or how God will use you. What we do know is our, the question we can ask is, are we willing to be used of God, which means sometimes stepping out of our comfort zone to see what he has us to do. When we're willing to do that, there's no limit to how God can use us for his kingdom. Thanks for joining us this morning and starting off your week together with us. We hope you have a great week. Hope this was encouragement. Hope it inspires you and hope it keeps you close to God. Keep your eyes on Jesus and keep trusting in him throughout this week, no matter what may come. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.